Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 824, April 6, 2022. I'm suddenly haunted by the idea that one of my sisters has a birthday today, and uh, I better call and find out. Uh, 80, uh, the uh, 86 degrees on this day in 1991, and 10 degrees on this day in 1979. And the ice outs brought to you by Aquaside. Minnetonka went out on this day in 1919. 1931 and 2004. White Bear went out on this day in 1942 and 1994. And Aquaside. Okay, thank you. I didn't know if you were getting to that. Well, what? Aquaside? Sure. They bring you the ice out dates. Yes, they do. But they also uh, bring you great products to keep your lake free of weeds. Not your lake, your beach area. They're your, now, you right. know, you're not going to take on the whole lake. That'd be a tough challenge even for Aquaside, yeah, I would it's imagine. It's a tough challenge for me to even find the... Uh, well, the, come uh, on, the they're a White here. Bear Lake company. You've been with Aquaside forever, Joe. You can visit them in White Bear Lake. Really? You, you, well, you can go into the company. Yeah, You've been to the store. They've been helping people create great lake shores for more than 60 years. They have a complete line of lake and pond control products that takes care of everything from weeds to algae. Aquaside products are easy to use. They work quickly, and they're safe. They're approved by the EPA and DNR, and they're safe for you and the kids and the fish and the whole deal. There's no need to let weeds overtake your lake or pond this summer. Particularly easy to use are the Aquaside pellets. You simply spread them, throw them out there. I've done that over the treatment area, and they work right away. Call Aquaside. They'll help you identify your problem. 1-800-328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. Oh, John Hyde is not here today. He's been suspended for one show without pay. Uh, because we dramatized yesterday, unintentionally, exactly what I fear about using Twitter as a source for anything. Uh, we had a chat last night. He said Tucker Carlson uh, said on his show, what if these bodies of uh, tortured dead civilians were staged? What if they're fake? What if the Ukrainian military killed them and then blamed Russia? Tucker Carlson never said that on his show. No, he did not. And John got it too quickly from a tweet and he didn't carefully enough verify it. Uh, Wait, are, are we making a mistake right now? I thought Tucker posed the questions, what if, but never actually said they are. And I thought John reported that he said they are staged. So are we already screwing this up? No. According to Snopes, Tucker Carlson did not ask if dead bodies of Ukrainian civilians were staged. John Haidt read a tweet by a guy named Joe Walsh, a Democrat advocate, trying to discredit Carlson. If it was true, surely there would be video circulating. There's no video because it did not happen. And Carlson cannot defend himself on Twitter since he is locked out of his account. Contrary to John's opinion, conservatives do get censored on Twitter. He was banned for his tweet that suggested transgender assistant secretary of health Rachel Levine was born a male. John got suckered by a false treat. He should know better. He does. He feels terrible about it. Uh, I've gotten 30 emails 
I'll read, I'll read one more, all right? Uh, Joe Walsh, former uh, presidential candidate and radio host, admitted he made up the Twitter quote he attributed to Tucker Carlson posted on April 4. In the tweet, he noted that the Fox News host, Tucker Carlson, asked, what if these bodies of uh, tortured dead civilians were staged? What if they were fake? What if the Ukrainian military killed them and then blamed Russia? It has been confirmed this was made up for effect. And uh, Joe Walsh later tweeted, I was predicting what Tucker Carlson would say tonight. Uh, here's what's exactly funny. So many people read this tweet and believe Tucker had already said it, which is understandable because it's exactly the kind of thing uh, Tucker would uh, uh, say. He didn't say it. He well, did wait, not say it. That's, that's not even an apology. What do you mean? What you just read from Joe Walsh. No, he's doubling down on this foolishness. But uh, the, what we determined uh, with, uh, after chatting with John, uh, no, no Twitter uh, information can be used on this show unless it's verified by two uh, outside sources. A secondary outlet. Well, and, yeah. and they have to be outlets I acknowledge. Right. So that's it. Uh, and I understand John has recorded a... Uh, just a minute, what am I doing here? I'm going to read one more. I was okay. so happy to find the podcast after moving back to Los Angeles. I listened to GL Daily while I was in Minnesota working for a delivery company. I won't say the name, but it rhymes with Dead Rex from 2001 <laughs> to 2011. When I drove back to California all those years ago, I was listening to you until I lost the signal uh, close to the Iowa border. So it was with great sadness I'm forced to admonish a man I have such fondness for. On Tuesday's show, you let John read a completely made-up quote. Uh, purported to have been made by Tucker Carlson was actually a tweet written by a leftist hack named Joe Walsh. Tucker Carlson is a giant. He has the likes of VDH, uh, Dennis Prager, Britt Hume, Glenn Greenwald, Matt Walsh, Charles Krauthammer before his untimely demise, and countless other important thinkers on his program. Uh, and he goes on to say, there was much snickering from the crew. Too bad Patrick wasn't available to add to this foolishness. You claim the show is fact-based. Well, not on April 5th. Fake news indeed. Uh, pushing back to the best of my ability from this wasteland, you can use my name sincerely, Nick. We got it, Nick. We get it. Here's John. Height. Uh, here is John Height. So, uh, sitting here with John Height, getting ready for the Krabby Coffee Shop show, and uh, John, uh, <laughs> how you doing, yes, buddy? Well, I, I, I made a little error, a grievous error, actually, a big error. I shouldn't say little. Uh, yesterday on Garage Logic, people that listened. Uh, probably noticed I quoted Tucker Carlson saying something that, well, uh, Tucker never said. I I, uh, I, I saw it on a, a tweet, and I never grab national quotes unless I see a video. Right. But in with a complete lack of judgment for some reason yesterday, I grabbed this Tucker Carlson quote and used it both with Joe and you guys in conversation and on the news portion of the show. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, it was, I didn't realize it was false until after the show, and, and then I, I was looking online and I realized I had screwed up the timelines of the, of the Twitter account and somebody was predicting what Tucker would have said, and Tucker did not say it. So I immediately texted you guys and apologized because I felt just horrible. And, and how, how did I respond? I think I, uh, I left the conversation, didn't I? <laughs> That's what I usually do. Uh, how you feeling about that, John? How's that make you feel about yourself? Just, Can you look uh, in the mirror today? I can't really got awful. In fact, my wife has been telling me if I don't stop dwelling on this, she's going to leave me. So, 
<laughs> I have been dwelling on it. And I answer every, I got some email, most emails I've ever gotten about something I said on the show. I uh, sent them all replies apologizing, and I will certainly address this on the Garage Logic podcast. It was, it was egregious. It was an egregious uh, okay. lack of, of all right. everything. Calm down. Calm down, John. Oh, we're, okay. we're all going to yeah. be okay. My favorite emails are the ones um, that they sent to you saying, I'm surprised it was you that screwed up and not somebody else. <laughs> so am I. I'm surprised it wasn't me, John. <laughs> I did get a, a couple what of those I little replies to the whole because show? people sent I don't know. emails and I sent That's back enough. apologies. Just shut up. That's enough. It's not done. Shut up. Well, how long play does it, it take? Play it. <laughs> what have we learned so, here today? Social media is evil. Yeah, and, and I already knew that. That's why I'm surprised I did this. Uh, and and I do apologize. I apologize to Tucker Carlson. I apologize <laughs> to listeners. I apologize to you guys, and you especially, Kenny, because you always, you know, you talk about what great research you okay. do and that kind of thing. Yeah. And I feel like no, I let done. you down. No, you have oh, not. Now can we be? Oh, Kenny wanted us to hear that part. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I didn't. Um, yeah, that was off the air before the show. Oh. That was an off air so, segment. Yeah. I, I want to say something very very quickly because. I've seen all the emails. Believe me, I go through all of them. I saw all the Facebook comments. I saw all the Twitter comments. I, obviously, we aren't going to be able to get back to everyone individually. But I do want to stick up for John in this regard. A, everybody makes mistakes on and off the air. None of us are perfect. But B, a lot of people are giving John a lot of grief over this. And it it stems from comments you know, months and months ago, whether it relates to President Trump, whatever. Just because John might have a different opinion than any one of us that are on this show or anyone that listens to this show, that doesn't mean that he's not good at his job because John's one of the best news people I've ever worked with. And you know what? The fact that he might have a different opinion than three of us, that's what makes this show pretty damn good in yeah, my opinion. That, that, that has, that's that why error, he's here. That, that's why he's on the show. I know. But, but the error he made was, uh, uh, to my way of thinking, unforgivable because we pride ourselves in true. not to be that way. And, and he's, he's the first really, one to admit that's that. That's why he's feeling so bad. Right. If you're suspending him for the day, I think you should suspend me, too, because I, I didn't question him at all. <laughs> Neither did so I. So I'll uh, talk to you tomorrow, fellas. No, you're not. You're getting paid, Jeff. I just suspended for today. Uh, I was alerted to, uh, I, I've been talking about insanity quite a bit. Yeah. Not because I want to. I feel I owe it to myself. Uh, Clark alerted me to this. There's a, I can't even, where's the story? I thought I had the story. I have it in front of me if you'd like me to read the first paragraph. Yes. Uh, this is from our friends at theamericanexperiment.org. I don't know if that's the center of theamericanexperiment.org. Oh, I'm sorry. I, th I assumed it that it was. Uh, in any event. Uh, I would like to think it is, but uh, it doesn't. It just says AmericanExperiment.org. That's not their website. I hope I pronounce her name correctly. Uh, Representative Kaholi Her, DFL of St. Paul. It is their website, isn't it? Would you like to issue AmericanExperiment.org? This is from our people. That's what I thought. All right, go okay. ahead. Uh, Representative Kaholi Her, DFL St. Paul introduced a bill that gives constitutional rights to plants and animals. And dirt and leaves and trees. HF 1332 provides, quote, financial and technical assistance to establish rights of personhood for ecosystems that sustain life, including the right to live and thrive. The bill also seeks to 
facilitate enhancement of the legal rights of nature and the ecosystems that sustain life. What's her name? It's K-A-O-H-L-Y. I believe it's pronounced Koholi. Yeah. Koholi, is that right? Mm -hmm. And the last name is H-E-R, her. Now, who's featured in the audio you're about to hear? You are going to hear from Representative Tony Jurgens. He is a Republican. I don't know which district he represents. I don't have that in front. Hastings. Hastings, her, Minnesota. And her is St. Paul, isn't she? She's a DFL from St. Paul. Yeah. Uh, so you'll hear Representative Jurgens from Hastings first before you hear from uh, Miss Her. On line 2.23, 2.24, facilitate enhancement of the legal rights of nature and the ecosystems that sustain life. That's furthering that to actually give the legal rights to plants and animals. Uh, if this were to become law, to me, I read that as saying a tree would have more legal rights than that of an unborn baby. And I find that very problematic to put that into the statute. I want to remind us that we as a country have decided that companies are people. I don't see how this is any different than saying that then the most precious resources, our water, our soil, should also have the right to be able to, to live and sustain so that we can live and sustain. Corporations provide jobs, but if corporations didn't exist, I mean, we would have negative consequences to that, but our lives wouldn't depend on it. If we don't have water and soil and air that is clean, we don't exist. Your wrist. I just came from the state capitol. I attended a uh, ceremony procla proclaiming this uh, on the uh, date of his what would have been his 56th birthday, Vince Flynn Day in Minnesota. Oh, fantastic. Saw a lot of the old Vince Flynn gang and his brother Tim, and uh, it, was, uh, it was a very nice uh, ceremony. Uh, I hadn't been to the Capitol since it was uh, refurbished. It's gorgeous. Yeah. There's no place to park. <laughs> All the parking that I remember from having to be there often was uh, is now a, a sort of a commons. And there were a lot of people there with pink hair uh, complaining about something uh, <laughs> down on the street level. And I, I, I don't know what... I, were they, they weren't protesting Vince Flynn Day. No, no, no. They had nothing to do with Vince oh, Flynn okay. Day. Oh, okay. But when I got there... Uh, I was under the impression that it started at 11.30, and I didn't see a soul. And it was about 11.30. And I wandered around. And then I kept wandering around. And and then someone asked, did you get separated from the group? No, and then I, I called Rook. And he said, well, we're all downstairs in a meeting room. So I went down, and, and then I found the gang, and then we all went back up. I got you. So it was today, and, and okay, uh, good. got that taken care of. Uh, but Walls Walls didn't even show up for the proclamation. I thought he has to be there for the proclamation. Well, he he can do the whereas say as thing. You know, he he that's his supposedly his writing. It and is that's that in they, print. That's just boilerplate stuff. Yeah, but uh, Vince uh, and then uh, Amy Klobuchar had a letter of hers read by one of her staff people. And of uh, uh, you know, Vince did cross a lot of political lines. Well loved by everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, and and. Uh, I've always said about him, he was the he he could drop names better than anybody in the world because you never resented him for it. No, 
He could tell you had dinner with the King of Jordan in his castle, and it somehow came out like I was at Plum's last night. <laughs> right. You know, so uh, that was fun. I, and thank you for uh, inviting me, Tim. That was uh, that was very nice. Uh, I have nothing to say about uh, giving plants and trees. Uh, although Clark notes that that woman would probably give plants and trees the right to vote. Oh, that's a great point. Yeah. No, that tree voted DFL. Wonder who so my oak trees are. Gonna, who are my oak trees going to vote for? I um, so poorly served. It's just pathetic how we've let this get away from us. That's where an adult needs to come in and stand next to her and. Come on, let let's let's go. Come well, on. Come basically, go. Kenny, you couldn't, you guys couldn't see it because wait. I was the only one that could see the video. But the reaction to uh, Representative Jurgen's face as he's reading this, you can tell he thinks this is complete insanity. What what are we doing here? But just just by his facial express expressions alone, uh, I'm going to solve a problem for Brian Matura. Well, actually, wait a minute, wait a minute. I forgot. I, I, there was an accompanying piece of video to that story. Okay. Uh, I have it right here. Down, there's a hole in the sky where the tree once oh, was. God. Somebody's making money. Okay, well, thank here, you. Here's, here's why it should bother us. That's just some crackpot coming to a city council meeting. Right. That woman's an act, actual elected official. Right, from St. Paul. Yeah, that's why I said an adult needs to come in and Take remove her by the hand. Yeah, say it's time to leave now. Remove wow. her permanently. Yeah. Wow. You I'm think? trying not to be completely heartbroken. <laughs> I just. It once was a great city, wasn't it? It used to be one hell of a country. Yeah. It used the to be one that, hell of a uh, city. I think the people that voted for her are happy with this. Is that what they voted for? I wonder how many people voted for her that know that she even said this. I would imagine the people who voted for her have uh, more pressing problems. Potholes. Yeah. Yeah. Taxes. I'm going to solve a problem for Brian Matura. Okay. Not Scott. Brian. Oh. No. Never mind. He said anonymous. That's why I tried to uh, divert your attention (laughs) because I knew that and I was trying to uh, play that. Well, I don't see any reason why this would be a big deal. He said he decided to take a break from the senseless violence in the first period of the wild game last night and headed out to the garage for a beer. First, I see an ambulance go by, which isn't out of the ordinary. Uh, but what caught my attention were the number of vehicles, but these were county sheriffs responding to a city with its own police department. More agencies and ambulances showed up, and I wouldn't say frantically because these are professionals, but many officers very quickly started pulling out long guns. That's when I thought, uh-oh, something serious is happening right here. So I did what any dummy does during a lightning storm. I went out to see the action with the warden, meaning his wife, periodically yelling at me to get back in the house. <laughs> Ground Zero turned out to be a block away. I'd love to give you the inside scoop, but I don't know any more than what's been reported in the news. Who would have thought that if I, when I went out to the garage for a beer to escape the senseless violence in the wild game, I would find it in my neighborhood? Well, what happened is a Roseville copper got shot last night. So he lives, well, let's not say. Oh, that's probably why you want to be anonymous. (laughs) Now I get it. (laughs) I was was about to give away basically his address. (laughs) Sorry, um, whoever you might be. A Roseville police officer was injured after shots were fired Tuesday evening at a home in Roseville. The police department confirmed the man who shot at police, a 53-year-old man from Roseville, was also injured and then later died at the hospital. Officers were called to Owasso Boulevard around 7.30 p.m. Uh, Reports of shots fired. Once on the scene, the suspect continued to shoot at officers and shoot at neighboring homes. 
with the officer being shot in the process. Roseville police say the officer was taken to the hospital for medical treatment and relayed, remained hospitalized early Wednesday with a serious gunshot injury. A source told uh, Fox 9 that the officer is expected to survive the injuries. More details are to be released today. Okay, that's what uh, getting up and leaving the wild game got you. First Wednesday. One o'clock. What? 105, first Wednesday. Kenny Sirens going off. Oh, ours don't go off till tomorrow, don't The city, I think, goes off Thursday. No. That was Wednesday. Oh, it's always been Wednesday. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> Wait, what? I don't know about that. <laughs> what? <laughs> Joe, first know. Wednesday, everywhere. You're aware of the uh, terrible shooting in Sacramento over the weekend. Yes. Yeah. Horrific. Horrific. Six yeah. dead, 12 injured. One of the suspects in the mass shooting was released early from prison roughly a month ago, uh, roughly a month before the, that shooting over the weekend. Despite being rejected for an even earlier release after prosecutors argued he clearly has little regard for human life. Smiley Martin was arrested Tuesday in connection with the mass shooting that left six dead and 12 others injured early Sunday morning. His brother, Dandre Martin, was the first suspect to be arrested. Smiley Martin and his brother, we believe, were together during this incident, said Sergeant Zach Eaton of the Sacramento Police Department, according to KGO. And I'm looking at a picture of this fellow. He does not look trustworthy. Uh, Martin has a criminal history dating back to... Smiley Martin has a criminal history dating back to 2013, including his most recent sentencing in 2018 to 10 years in prison for domestic violence and assault with great bodily injury. He was sentenced after he pushed his way into his girlfriend's home, punched her, dragged her from the residence by her hair, and whipped her with a belt. Good Lord. A patrol board rejected his bid for early release in May of last year after prosecutors said the, the 2017 felony assault, along with convictions for possessing an assault weapon and thefts, posed a significant unreasonable risk of safety to the community. Martin clearly has little regard for human life in the law and has displayed a pattern of criminal behavior from the time he was 18, a Sacramento County deputy district attorney wrote in the last year to the Board of Parole hearings. Uh, so what happened? He was ultimately... Re oh, just a minute. Uh, he was ultimately released in February of this year, after a month ago, after authorities said his sentence was complete due to pre-sentencing credits. No. Smiley Martin, 27, was received by what's CDCR? California Department of Correctional. Correctional. Yeah. yeah, something like in that. In January of 2018 from Sacramento County with a 10-year sentence for corporal injury and assault likely to cause great bodily injury. Prior to uh, reaching the facility, he had served 508 days of pre-sentencing credits and received a variety of additional post-sentencing credits. He was released to Sacramento County probation in February. He was arrested Tuesday uh, on suspicion of possessing a firearm by a prohibited person and a possession of machine gun. Hours before Sunday's attack, Martin posted a live Facebook feed of himself brandishing a handgun, law enforcement officials told the AP. Well, so 2018 to 10 years is 2028. Right. He only he barely served four years. Yeah, yeah. 
What, what are we doing? We're poorly served. Although the prosecutors sound like they uh, were doing their best to keep them behind bars, it was the parole board that weighed all of these. In the name of what? In the name of equity? That's why I, he was I don't released? Know. I don't know. I don't know. And they were stolen firearms, too, by the mm-hmm. way. So we don't need to go down that road of... Um, of yeah, right, of gun laws. And, and, uh, was his bro- Did his brother also have a lengthy criminal? Uh, One would suggest that he probably did, but I, you know, did he also have a lengthy criminal well, let's history? Take Smiley, uh, you're talking about Dandre. Yeah, this Smiley's, is Smiley. Smiley's brother. Uh, Smiley Martin was injured in the shooting, will be booked when his condition improves enough for him to be jailed. His brother, Dandre, was arrested Monday as a related suspect on suspicion of assault with a deadly weapon and being a convict carrying a loaded gun. Ah, good, yeah, good. So. He yeah. was wounded in the shooting, but not seriously, and made a brief appearance on the gun possession charge this week. Uh, also had an outstanding warrant. Yeah. Davion, Davione Dawson, 31, was also arrested on suspicion of being a prohibited person in possession of a firearm. He was seen carrying a gun right after the mass shootings, according to police. So, uh, uh I, I, the Sacramento, Sacramento County coroner identified the women. There were women killed. That's what I was wondering. Were, were these people targeted? Three women killed and three men. California has seen repeated cases of criminals being released from custody only to commit crimes just days later. In Los Angeles, one suspect in a series of follow-home robberies was nabbed after he had already been arrested three times this year, but subsequently released back on the street. We're just poorly served. This used to be one hell of a country. And I read another a piece earlier this week that one of the one of the reasons that was suspected why he was let out is because of the overwhelming prison system in California. Well, mm-hmm. then you know what? Build more prisons. Sorry, if that's if that's the reason you're letting these people out. That's not a good enough reason. I understand. We're, we're throwing money around left and right. Why is that an issue uh, all of a sudden? I understand that. We've already got great help with our show today from the American Experiment, mm-hmm. Center for the American Experiment. Uh, I am, would you do something for me right now? So let's not go down this road of making a mistake. Talk to me. Just Google American Experiment. Perhaps that is different than the center of the American Experiment. All right. And I will not proceed until I get a correct answer. The center of the American Experiment, their website Mm -hmm. is AmericanExperiment.org, which we just read from. Right. But did you Google just the words American Experiment? I sure did. Okay, thank you. They're a think tank. I have some follow-up, too, if you Uh, want to talk. Get this now. They're thinking for us. They're calling for Governor Walls and the Minnesota legislature to give back to taxpayers what's rightfully theirs, the $9.3 billion budget surplus. Join them on Saturday, April 23rd at 11 a.m. on the Capitol steps to demand permanent tax cuts and a reduction in state spending. It's time to make our voices heard and demand accountability and fiscal responsibility. You can RSVP on Facebook. Uh, the rally begins at 11 a.m. Speakers will take the mic at 11.30 a.m. Homemade signs are encouraged. Go to AmericanExperiment.org for more info. Uh, 
boy, that'd be a great day for a scooter ride if the weather clears up and head down there. What was that website again? AmericanExperiment.org. They've had other tax rallies in 1999, 2000, and 2001 trying to convince Arnie Carlson and Jesse Ventura and the legislature to use budget surplus to cut taxes. The center of the American Experiment is trying to recreate that urgency with that tax rally on April 23rd. If you can't cut taxes with $9.3 billion in surplus, when can you? If we can get thousands of Minnesotans down there on a Saturday, it will put some pressure on them. In fact, Governor Walls is giving the state of the address, the state of the state address the next day. You can help the center of the American experiment and yourself and your fellow Minnesotans by sending him a message. Center, uh, I'm sorry, exper- center, AmericanExperiment.org. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Suchere. Uh, I just, so I've got this second truck, farm truck, didn't pay a lot for it. Just replaced the throttle body on it. You know why I replaced the throttle body on it? Why? Because the previous owner didn't use sea foam. Uh, you better believe this truck. By the way, Such, two hundred twenty-three thousand miles. That's pretty on this good. Thing. That's a lot of, that's a lot of miles. And you better believe this truck will be served a steady liquid diet of sea foam. That's the only way to keep these components running um, perfectly for a long time. It's V eight. That means she's a little thirsty. That means you, you got to put it in the tank. Not only does it clean the injectors, the throttle body. It also helps you with your mileage and helps with the emission system and everything else. I'm telling you, Seafoam is a miracle product. You Not only do you use it to put away your uh, toys in the winter and wake them up in the spring, you, you use them in your drivers, your daily drivers, your occasional drivers, your tractors, your lawnmowers, everything you got. Everything you own that runs on fossil fuel needs a steady liquid diet of Seafoam, truly a wonderful, wonderful product in a world of bad gas. Okay, let's set this up for Such. Um, Reavers, you and I just received a um, uh, a tweet from uh, a listener, Terry, yep. who sent us a video of uh, of a 1992 Yamaha TZR250, a two-stroke race bike. Such, you're going to love the way this thing sounds. Hit the power band there. Nice. Wow. Is it up on a stand? I think he's got a chase car following him or something, taping it. I don't know. Okay, that's good. Thank you. Uh, Joe? Go ahead, Reavers. Come here for a second. I, before I do, can what? I honest to God tell you something? Yes. That's some guy making a noise. It is. As opposed to a two-stroke race bike. How did What's, you know? I just, it was too perfect. What's he making it on? And uh-huh. once once you find out... I know what you and I are going to do this afternoon. We're going to go buy one. I, let's see. Give me a hint. Uh, or, orchestra. 
Yeah. Trombone. Violin. It's a violin. A violin? I was yes. watching this thing. Yes. How in Wait God's name is he doing this? If you want to walk over here and see it, no, I'll, I'll play do it for after you. the show. Don't get to buy the okay. cheapest violin I can possibly. Oh, I got to get do a that all week. <laughs> Very cool video, Terry. Thank I've you for sending seen. that. Yeah. I, and I had to go find a, a model, uh, and I'm going. I know Yamaha made a two-stroke race bike. I'm on the Google trying to find <laughs> one. <laughs> That's just, a talent right there. That was fun. I was just reading something out of uh, NBC4 in New York. A 13-year-old girl. I don't even want to do this story. Three kids knocked over a 76-year-old woman, broke her hip, forced their, followed her to the apartment door, forced their way in. The 13-year-old's laughing. The unfortunate it's thing. It's just uh, where it's over. The, the, these <laughs> kids no longer have, they're, they're attacking elderly. They're yeah. attack, attacking people that might have a disability. Yeah. There's there's no rule, unwritten rules anymore. Well, a church in Chicago's got it figured out. Oh, they've gotten to the bottom of all of our problems. They're gonna they they could maybe help prevent it. They've given up whiteness for Lent. Oh, isn't that nice of them? <laughs> and by given up, they've given up anything that's ever been done or sourced by an alleged white person. It's This is an amazing story. First United Church of Oak Park, Illinois, said it will not be using any music or liturgy written or composed by white people during Lent. Uh, Isn't that precious? Yes, it is. It's fasting from whiteness. <laughs> All right. Abstaining from performing hymns composed or written by white musicians. First United Church of Oak Park announced on its website that it is doing a mix of giving something up and taking something on. What exactly are you taking on? In our worship services throughout Lent, we will not be using uh, any music or liturgy written by white people. Our music will be drawn from African-American spirituals tradition, from South African freedom songs, and from Native American traditions, and many, many more. Uh, for Lent, it is our prayer that in our spiritual disciplines, we may grow as Christians united in the body of Christ with people of all ages, nations, races, and origins. Well, in theory, haven't, isn't that what you've been doing? Pretty much. Well, you brought up something that I thought of right away when I saw this last night. Why, instead of giving up whiteness for Lent forever, I have no idea how long that is, why 40 not days just, and 40 nights. Why not just start incorporating all of that into your regular program yeah. on Sundays, Saturdays, Wednesdays, whenever you have church and gathering? Why, why instead of ex excluding one or all groups, include them all and keep rolling? Invite everybody to your congregation. All are welcome here. Well, Kenny, that's not very woke, though, to do that. Well, what they're teetering on is, uh, is obviously uh, ashamed of what they believe to be their privilege. And so they uh, they make this great theatrical show of uh, fasting on fasting from whiteness, and uh, they're all disingenuous people. They're they're I, I'm telling you, I, they're ridiculous fools, Joe. Yeah, yeah. You know how we often joke when in a video posted by the church, the Reverend Lydia. Mulkey, identified as the associate pastor of education, explained the fast, according to the Washington Times. Uh, in our worship service, we will not be using any, you know, we got that. Okay. Uh, in this fast from whiteness, I cannot change the color of my skin or the way that allows me to move through the world. 
but I can change what I listen to and whose voice I prioritize, Mulkey said. And so that is kind of the place for our worship service through Lent, that we would fast for a time from prioritizing white voices. Uh, the Reverend John Edgerton, the church's lead pastor, did not respond to requests for comment by the Washington Times. Reverend Craig Howard, the executive somebody of some church, uh, never mind, the hell with it. I was yeah. just going to say, um, you know how we often used to joke when we asked Kenny what he's doing for the weekend, and he would say, I'm going to mind my own business, Bill. Yeah. I'm now starting to think, where can I live to escape all this? And I'm going to say, leave me alone, Nessville. That's funny. My brother and I were having that discussion. Seriously. Where could you go live that you would find sanity? Where, where, where is yeah. it? I, Apparently also... it's not in rural Idaho, based on an email. No. The goal here is is to disappear from the state of Minnesota and the various departments in the state of Minnesota. My wife and it's I. It's not so much other people. It's the reliance, the, the 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 chain, the shackles that the government has on you in your daily life. The one conclusion my wife and I came to was rural South Dakota, where she went to high school. You've got to go somewhere where and make yourself solvent and live off the land so you just have no involvement with any government corporation whatsoever. I want to talk about churches, though. Have you guys ever been to a Baptist church? Yes, I have not. I was lucky enough as a teenager to visit a uh, as part of a church group thing from up here. We went down to Minneapolis, and one of the churches we went to, I believe, was on 38th Street. It was about Baptist, and I think the entire congregation, maybe most of them, if not all, were black. And uh, it was the coolest experience I have ever had in a church. First of all, the preacher was fire and brimstone. That's what I was used to as a kid. I love being yelled at from the pulpit. It really, <laughs> it really works for me. I respond to that. But the music. Were oh, they swaying and singing? Oh, and, my God, the yeah. music. Because, you know, up, up here with white people, the choir sings, and that's it. And the rest of them just stand there and look at the hymnal and go, Amazing grace. But the whole congregation, everybody in the church, there's arms a-swinging and swaying and the band playing. It was the best religious experience I've ever had in my life. And I don't understand why excluding one group or the other, that's not going to get you anywhere. Include everybody. Well, now you've got me thinking, uh, this precious, woke assistant pastor, Lydia, uh, do you have black people in your choir? Uh, are you going to have your white choir sing uh, songs composed by yeah, uh, black people or Indians? or uh, I couldn't figure out if this was a white congregation or a black. I couldn't get any of those answer, uh, questions answered last night. It just the No, it's white. It's a white it, congregation. It is okay. Oak Park, yeah. I think, yeah. And, uh, and the other thing, too, is it, why don't you walk the walk? Bring in some black choirs for later. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm telling this you, this is utter BS. This is all she's trying to do is join the virtue signaling train. That's exactly what this is. She, yes, this has nothing to do with improving lives no. or uh, well, prayer. If, this it, is a bunch of BS. And if their so, sole goal was to just get attention for themselves, they succeeded. And yeah. I'm wondering if they're gonna, uh, if that's this is gonna hurt them in any way. Well, I doubt it. They're just they're so precious. Well, I guess well, people that are members of that church say well. I'm not going to, you know, stay a part of this nonsense. 
Well, they don't want to be thought of, though, as being uh, uncharitable towards this idea because it's the idea that's they're all patting themselves on the back for this. Yeah, but they don't realize exclusion is never the answer. No, ever. Never. Ever. You know, sing all the black hymns you want. There's millions of them. <laughs> Better yet, invite yourself to a, a, a you know, a Baptist church, black. In, in, do whatever it takes to get out there and experience other things, because I'm telling you, it was rewarding. We went from that to a Lutheran church, and the Lutheran church, snooze fest. <laughs> oh, my God, so boring. Anyway. Yeah, it's... Uh... Uh, you know, we've changed, uh, uh, Cracker Jack now has Cracker Jill. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Is this a, an accompanying box or is this? Does, does Cracker Jill shave her uh, beard? Take me out to the ball game. Take me out to the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jill. No one can stop you if you have the will. No. Multi-platinum no. selling recording artist. Normani sang in a Tuesday video. Well, the makers I, of Cracker Jack are throwing their fans a curveball, introducing teammate Cracker Jill. Frito Lay, I did not know Frito Lay manufactures the famed baseball snack. I've never seen a box of Cracker Jacks at a baseball game in my life. You're, you're kidding. No, I haven't. But bags, you can get the bag. No, they uh, still sell them. the box, don't they? The company released a video Tuesday years. highlighting moments in women's sports and introducing Sailor Jack's new friend and teammate, Cracker Jill, as the uh, the snack's first face change in 125 years. The new logo for Cracker Jill features five cartoon women of different heights and ethnicities. Frito-Lay said they are the five most represented ethnicities in the U.S., according to data from the Census Bureau. I wonder if uh, I wonder if one of them is a Caucasian. Why don't you look that up? Who Who's are that the, now? Who are the five new women on the on the Cracker Jack box? We do still sell so, still sell Cracker Jacks, by the way. Yeah. Baseball games. So, so yeah. is this permanent now? Jack is off the box. No, I think I think some boxes will have Jack and some will have Jill. Is the way I read it. And then eventually Jill will be off the box. <laughs> What did I just say? Oh, my gosh. You're going to have to issue an apology tomorrow. I, what did I, I didn't mean no, anything. No, you're, you're okay. You're uh-huh. okay. <laughs> okay, Cracker Jill. Jill? Yeah. Uh, take me out to the ball game. So there's supposed to be five, huh? Five. Five. Five different Jills, <laughs> I guess. Uh, oh, Something about a horse, too. Oh, yeah. Are they on or off? They're off. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm seeing five different Cracker Jills. Such, I've got buddies my age that are retired already. Yeah. (laughs) This is what I'm doing. Uh, One's one's got blonde hair. Another's wearing a little tiara. Uh, One has blue hair. I'm asking a serious question. Is there a white person? Because you would think whites would still be considered one of the five principal ethnicities. It looks like there is a white blonde. Okay. Uh, a, but I don't really care, no, by the way. They, I would just, they're very diverse. The five characters are very, very good, diverse. Very good. Yes. Jill. Uh, it's been a, a long day, man. It started really early this morning. I had to go to the hand guy, the hand doc. Oh, yeah? Get it all checked out. Speaking of Jack. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm just talking about it. But I saw the neatest thing. Uh, God. The, the place I go is out in Egan. Yep. 
and it was very foggy and misty this morning. But that that orthopedic place is directly under the landing path of uh, the jets arriving at the airport. Oh. And I got out of my car, and I heard the roar of the jet, but couldn't see it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, oh. it broke through, and it looked like I could reach up and touch it as it came through the mist. So you were almost like Wayne and Garth sitting on the hood. Wow, is that neat. Wow. Is that mm-hmm. neat. The problem with the song, the one th- the serious thing I did want to mention with the song and the box and all of that, is we're on the wrong side of all this woke nonsense, Such. Instead of us um, fighting this and, and, and protesting this and talking about how awful it is, we've got to do what the rest of them are doing. What's Al, what's Al Gore doing? What are these guys doing? We need to turn this around and preach something we don't believe in. Uh, something we know is BS, and just start cashing the checks. I, I want to tell something to. Uh, I'm. I don't know if I will be addressing anyone who could be, who could find my admonishment useful, because uh, GLers already know what I'm about to say. <clears throat> but what do you think's more of a problem in the world? I mean, I'm even taking Putin out of it. What do you, What do you think's more of a problem in the world? A 13-year-old girl who laughs as she mercilessly beats a 76-year-old woman or global warming? Right. I would say the 13-year-old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I, that's all I could think of today is uh, the piece with um, addressing the U.N. Council. And Zelensky addressing them? Yeah, Zelensky yeah. talking to him um, last night or yesterday. And, and all the time I was thinking about the stuff you talked about yesterday with them preaching global warming. Mm-hmm. This is what's going on in your preaching to us about the bleeping climate. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And in your city where you're located, I don't want you in my country, but where you're located, uh, 13-year-olds are knocking 76-year-old women to the ground and breaking their hips. Yeah. And and that's why, you know. And laughing. We have have an upcoming election. We're going to be joined by Kendall Qualls here in about a half an hour. Governor Walls was saying basically the same thing on social media the other day, and I'm thinking— Governor, you, saying what? What you're echoing what you're just saying about how climate action were were, were, were jobs and all the stuff, and I'm saying we're running out of time. Governor, you have the worst crime problem in your state that I that, I, that in my lifetime, yeah, right? Me, yeah, me too. My, my life. And this is what you're focusing on right now. Yeah. In your what six months, nine months from an election? When, when what month is this? Deflecting. Five months, five months from a, deflecting and distracting. Right. It, it, it's the shell game with these clowns. Did I tell you Walls didn't show up at the Vince Flynn thing? You mentioned I that. I did mention that, yeah. Uh, Maybe he's working on crime right now. No, he's working on the climate. Okay. Probably. Listen to this. On April 5, what's that? That's yesterday. 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 I had just wrapped up playing hockey at the Pleasant Arena off St. Clair Avenue in St. Paul. I know exactly where it is. While we were participating in the post-game festivities in the parking lot behind the rink, four gunshots rang out across 35E. That's the practice freeway. This was about 10.25 p.m. as I was only halfway through my first post-game beer. There we were, a group of about 20 hockey players listening to the shots ring out. We stood there in anticipation of squad cars flying down the street. After five minutes, nothing. Twenty minutes, nothing. One hour and 15 minutes, nothing. This is the result. Eight more you, beers later. Yeah, this is the result you get when you elect politicians who are only interested in being important. Apparently, you can have a shootout at the corner of Osceola and Jefferson. And it's no big deal. Wow. 
Even the neighborhood knows the cops aren't allowed to do their job, so why bother calling? On a positive note, though, apparently having a group of 20 hockey players drinking beer behind your arena does wonders for keeping troublemakers at bay. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know exactly what he's referring to. Shots ringing, ringing out. I really, I really showed my age with my son a couple of weeks ago. He had a big party at the house, bands playing, the whole deal. And I said, uh, and this is where I come from. So, cops show up? And he just laughed at me. Yeah. And he said, are you kidding me? <laughs> the cops ain't showing up for a house party, Dad. No. It's like, oh, I Let's guess not I'm going to waste our time. I guess I'm old. Because <laughs> they did in my day. When I was in a, when I was in a band, we had a, a house. We called it the band house. That's where yep. we all lived. Yep. And uh, it got noisy one night. Sure. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, all our equipment was stored on the front porch entryway so that you had to get past the equipment to come into the living room. That's where we stored it. Sure. Yeah. And so the cops knocked on the door. Somebody must have complained. Maybe sure. we were a little rowdy. Neighbor, sure. A and the cop, I just, I'll never forget his line. He stood in the door and he looked at all our stuff piled up there and he, he said, you moving in or moving out? <laughs> <laughs> you guys moving in or moving right, out? Which one are you? What are you doing yeah, here? Yeah. Oh, it was great. Did you get a ticket? Noise violation I ticket? I don't think we did. Okay, good. Yeah, they're, they're not showing up for house parties. Those were days. simpler times, weren't they, fellas? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, keep it down. It's 3 in the morning. Keep it down. You don't want the cops to show up, do you? <laughs> I had a car stolen from that place while the other morons were watching and helping out the window. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Suits, you better uh, get over there. Yeah, I've got stories about a former neighbor like that, too. Yeah. Oh, I heard your car alarm going off yeah. last night. Oh, you didn't give me a call, huh? Jeez. I thanks. must read this to get it off my chest. It's from today's Star Tribune, page A8. A8? Yeah, the last page of the Bad main page. section. Yeah. Uh, a top House Democrat told senior U.S. Postal Service officials Tuesday that the agency needs to go back to the drawing board on an $11.3 billion plan to replace its aging delivery vehicles with up to 148,000 what kind of trucks? Don't say electric. EVs. No. D don't say electric. Gas guzzling. Ooh. I, you know, Are they going to spew? So, somebody named Jacob Bogage wrote this for the Washington Post. You know what that tells me about you, man? You're not very good. You're, you're not imaginative. You're lazy. What do you mean ga gus gas guzzling? But that's that's become part of the template oh, now. Oh, right? oh, he used the term yeah, gas guzzling? Yeah, I'll read guzzling? it again. A top House Democrat told senior U.S. Postal officials uh, Tuesday that the agency... Well, maybe maybe the reporter didn't say it. Maybe the it was maybe, a quote. Maybe he's quoting the House Democrat who told senior Postal Service officials Tuesday that the agency needs to go back to the drawing board on an eleven point three billion dollar plan to replace its aging delivery vehicles with up to one hundred and forty eight thousand gas guzzling trucks. I think he did write that, despite directives from the Biden administration to make the federal fleet more green. And opposition from environmental regulators. I don't want to read the rest of it, but but I'm so sick of this BS. There's nothing more. What what do you mean gas guzzling? That That's was just become the, the rigueur now. You have to right. say it. Yep. It's been that way for 10 years. Well, imagine a postal vehicle that ran on electricity, Joe. That was a big story. Just I don't imagine. know. A month or two ago that after research and trying them out, the Postal Service just, they can't do it because they're just not reliable no. enough. 
gas guzzling. Something we've been telling them for a long time. You know what they do? Those gas guzzlers, they spew. They spew? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. It's just part of the of the template now. If you're going to refer to a vehicle, you you preface it by saying gas guzzling. Mm-hmm. Metro Transit also had issues with their EV buses and ended up going back to gas guzzlers and spewers. They tried. I, I don't remember that. They yeah. tried electric buses. Didn't work out. Didn't How work long out. ago was that? Uh, Recent? Year, year and a half. Oh, wow. It's been a while. Imagine driving an electric bus in the winter. Such, remember those big orange buses the MTC used to run? Sure. You couldn't drive behind those for at least a block. Oh, I know. Because you couldn't it was see. Just, it was just a fog <laughs> of carbon diesel. <laughs> Jesus. It, it was stunk. like smoking a tailpipe. It was just <laughs> awful. And loud. Oh, my word. How far is Giants Ridge, do you think? From here? Yeah. I'll, you know what? I will Google it right Would now. Would an electric car make it up there and back? I'm going to use my you navigation know, but, uh, on my Giant, phone. Giants Ridge is now such a major golf destination, not to mention a mountain biking destination. I bet they've taken that into consideration. We there's can get there. Out, there's probably outlets. As the road trip master, yep. I can get us there from right here in yep. less than three hours. Well, I want to know the mileage, though. 180, what? excuse me, 206 miles. Okay, that's certainly enough range to get me there, but I have to plug her in to get home. Right, right. Maybe they got a charging station up there at the ridge. Well, as I say, they're a leading destination. I bet they have thought of this, and they're home to the legend and the quarry, two of the greatest values in Minnesota golf. You won't find two better courses that close to each other. We can stop in Moose Lake on the way. 37-hole special this summer between June 4 and August 29. Play the legend and the quarry on the same day, 36 holes of Minnesota's best golf, with lunch on them at the uh, Wakuda Grill. They'll put together a tournament for you, your buddies or your family. Uh, It's the 25th anniversary of the legend, June 28. And uh, there'll be specials coming up on that. And as I said, Giants Ridge is now home to the largest lift-serve mountain bike park in the Midwest with 18 miles of purpose-built trails, including a 10-lift-served gravity trails. I have no idea what that means, <laughs> but it sounds cool. The cross-country trails are great for beginner and intermediate riders, and everywhere you look is the beautiful views of nature and water and greenery, and it's quiet, and it's a great place to... Uh, Get away from what, what about the staff getaway you were going to uh, provide? Yeah, you well, right now, us right that now last everything's year. on hold because of this damn hand. That's true. It's uh, four hours and forty minutes for me. So uh, just tell me when I can meet you there. I I told uh, I asked her today when can I? I can't take this off yet, so I can't grip a golf club. Sure. GiantsRidge.com, and there you can see some uh, flyovers too of the whole outfit. You're going to love it. GiantsRidge.com. Yeah, gotta do a thing here. Here's a guy, Joe Sujure, the keeper of common sense. I wonder if Moon Motorsports would have that. What was it? A Yamaha TZR 1992 250 no, race bike. It was bike. a violin. It was a violin. <laughs> Maybe they sell those at Moon too. <laughs> they do. Yeah, uh, motorcycles and violins. They do sell used bikes. Uh, at Moon, and they've got plenty in stock. T- now, it's it's right now. Well, uh, as soon as it stops snowing, <laughs> time to get out inside and uh, rev that motor, stretch those cables. Family fun. 
If moto fun, if that's what you like doing with the kiddos, you really got to visit Moon Motorsports in Monticello. You can see it at moonmotorsports.com. They've been outfitting us with the the very best in, you know, everything actually. Sport, dirt, adventure, touring. They've got all the bikes you need and doing it for 50 years. And for us dirt heads, our trail riders right now, they have a, an amazing selection of both apparel and helmets. Stop in today. Uh, I know I say this a lot, um, but if you've hit your head with a helmet on, uh, time to put it on the shelf. Get a new one. That thing's been compromised. They've got a couple of experts up there, Caden and Dawson, that can help you with a helmet fitting. Moon Motorsports, well-known for uh, all their stuff, including parts, accessories, and one of the best shops in the business. Their service department is one of the best in the region. 50 years, family-owned and operated the whole time. Multi-line dealership up in Monticello, just off 94. That's only, what, 25 minutes west of the Twin Cities? And, of course, yeah, the web, moonmotorsports.com. The American Library Association released a report revealing that book banning, attempted book banning, and threats against librarians rose over the past year. This information is detailed in the ALA's annual State of America's Libraries report released two days ago. ALA's Office for Intellectual Freedom tracked 729 challenges of books at public schools and libraries, resulting in nearly 1,600 book challenges or removals. The most targeted books were by or about black or LBGTQ individuals, according to the report. Uh, I find this, so far, I find this unfortunate. The 729 challenges tracked by the uh, association represent the highest number of attempted book bans since they began compiling these lists 20 years ago, ALA President Patricia Patty Wong said in a statement. Wong said, we support individual parents' choices concerning their child's reading and believe that parents should not have those choices dictated by others. Young people need to have access to a variety of books from which they can learn about different perspectives. So despite this organized effort to ban books, libraries remain ready to do what we always have, make knowledge and ideas available so people are free to choose what to read. Uh, the two most challenges, uh, two most challenges, hi. Hey, how are you? The two most challenged books on the top ten list have been in the news often. Maya Kobabi's graphic memoir about sexual identity, genderqueer, and Jonathan Evison's Lawn Boy, a coming-of-age novel narr narrated by a young gay man. Both have been singled out by Republican officials. Well, okay. Yeah, why does that matter? Kobabe and Evison noted during recent interviews an irony of their books being targeted. Neither set out to write a story for young people, but they gained a following among students with the help of the American Library Association, which has given each book an Alex Award for works written for adults that have special appeal to adults ages 12 uh, to uh, young adults ages 12 through 18. So in the eyes of the library, who I often said are one of the uh, main uh, uh, foot soldiers of the mystery, our librarians, mm -hmm. they find a 12-year-old to be called, they call it a young adult. Really? In other words, uh, without knowing anything about the book called Genderqueer and the book called Lawn Boy, uh, it's interesting to note that the author said, well, we did not write these for children, but it's the American Library Association that made these books available to young people, encouraged young people to check these out. They gave these books Alex Awards. 
pardon my ignorance, is does this have anything to do with what's going on in Florida right now? Is sure. that part of this push? Well, no, I don't think so. Okay. So, uh, wait a minute. So these are libraries in middle schools? Well, they're also your public libraries. Not, not just school libraries, but libraries. Okay. Uh, Here's the you want the you want the list of the top ten books that are challenged, and I'm sure it's only evil Republicans who would be challenged. Yeah, it is. Yep. Uh, Gender queer by Maya Kobabi, uh, banned, challenged, and restricted for LGBTQIA plus content, and because it was considered to have sexually explicit images. Okay, but then why would if that's if that's the case, why did the library feel uh, compelled to? Uh, say that that would be interesting enough for a 12-year-old. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So the book itself, uh, I I thought we were about to get into a huge fight here, but we're not. Uh, The book itself, fine, put it on the shelf. Why are you promoting it? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, and and giving it a reward. Right, okay. And then saying you're finding uh, that it, it could be interesting for young adults between 12 and 18. You have no business determining that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, boy, Long that's boys, an in- second one. Interesting discussion. What about, uh, like, say, uh, Lady Chatterley's Lover, uh, Henry and June? No, any, it, that's any, very interesting. I expected comments? to find something on this list that I would at least recognize. And you right. didn't? Uh, who's the gal? Um, Erica Zhang. What was her book? I don't know. Fear, Fear of Flying. Yeah. Think they're promoting that? Well, here's the list. Lawn Boys, number two. All Boys Aren't Blue, number three. Uh, George M. Johnson banned and challenged for LGBTQIA plus content profanity and because it was considered to be sexually explicit. Number four, Out of Darkness, Ashley Hope Perez banned, challenged, restricted for depictions of abuse and because it was considered to be sexually explicit. Number five, The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas banned and challenged for profanity, violence, and because it was thought to promote an anti-police message and indoctrination of a social agenda. Number six, The Absolute True Diary of a Part-Time Indian. That's kind of a cool title. By Sherman Alexi, banned and challenged for profanity, sexual references, and use of a derogatory term. Number seven, Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. Isn't that a movie? Me and Earl and the Dying Girl by Jesse Andrews, banned and challenged because it was considered sexually explicit and degrading to women. Number eight, The Bluest Eye by Toni Morrison, uh, banned because it depicts child sexual abuse. Number nine, this book is gay by Juno Dawson. Banned, challenged, relocated, and restricted for providing sexual education and LGBTQIA plus B content. You were right, by the way. Huh? Uh, Me and Earl and the Dying Girl is a 2015 American comedy drama film directed by Alfonso Gomez. Number 10, Beyond Magenta by Susan Cooklin. Banned and challenged for LGBTQIA plus content because it was considered to be sexually explicit. Okay, whatever. I have no, I, I have no idea what those, about any of those books. And it, it sounds to me like it wouldn't be just Republicans who might weigh in on some of these. Well, it sounds to me like the librarians are, or whatever organization they belong to are pushing in an, an agenda. And I believe that was a sequel, Joe, to Me, Myself, and Irene, the 2000 American comedy film starring Jim Carrey. Shouldn't they be just pushing erotic, uh, not erotica, excuse me, Uh, what the hell am I saying? (laughs) Uh, Do what now? Just literature in general, uh, different forms of writing, different forms, like 
that fool William Faulkner? Why not push him? Or, or uh, I really don't think he's a fool. Thomas Pynchon, uh, Gravity's Rainbow. You, you know what? You can. Uh, if I were going to promote that, if you can get through this book, I'll give you a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. That's how I'd promote that book. You know, there's so many authors. Uh, do you think they have Mein Kampf on on the, on the shelves? I doubt it. No, probably not. Well, I think it's uh, time for the mayor to get a drink of water. Okay. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Oh. Joe Suchere. What's going on here, Reavers? I know you just told me. I was just thinking I'd about... I'd like for you to tell us about our friends at ProfessionalTurf.com, All sir. Right. You don't want me to talk about how much I hate William Faulkner? <laughs> It's pro-turf time, GLers. Uh, it's not spring until pro-turf tells us it is. And despite the rain and snow this morning and yesterday, that time is now. Think about your spring lawn care. Let's get this taken care of. Log on to professionalturf.com. Make sure you get in on that first treatment of the year. And whatever you do, if you are signed up with a different company maybe last year, don't sign up with them again. Come on. Uh, ProTurf is the real deal. First of all, if you've never worked with them, they're going to send a guy or gal out there to walk your lawn and see what's going on. That's what they base their estimate on. Then you're going to get anywhere from two to three to four treatments a year uh, that start out with the very first treatment of the year is fertilizer and weed killer. That means no dandelions, no broadleafs, no crabgrass, none of that. And the fertilizer makes everything fill in and get thick and luscious, and you will win the Best Lawn on the Block Award every single year. While you're at ProfessionalTurf.com, check out their other projects. They do landscaping and irrigation systems. So potentially your one-stop lawn care company, ProfessionalTurf.com. Hello, Kendall. Joe, how are you? Uh, pretty good, and I'm hoping you're well. And uh, I have a, I want to talk to you about money. Okay, whether I'm giving or you're giving, you don't you want need, to clarify that. You need to borrow some, Joe. No, right, yeah, we got an issue suit. No, Kendall, what what are your reactions to a nine point three billion dollar surplus? Oh boy, uh, you know that that one. If anything, it's just an indicator and a symbol of how overtaxed we are as Minnesotans. Um, so that's number one. And number two, the, the taxpayers, those that paid that money in, uh, should get all that money back. Uh, this is um, not all Minnesotans, but those that paid the taxes uh, to us. What? What would prevent a $9.3 billion uh, surplus, by which I mean uh, different tax rates, right? You shouldn't, you shouldn't end up with a $9 billion deficit, uh, uh, surplus. That's correct. And, uh, in fact, you know, on, on our website at kq4mn.com, we have what our tax rates would be under a Qualls administration. Mm-hmm. Well, and uh, what— and one of the things we do, we collapse the personal tax from four brackets to two, make it very simple, three, 3% low rate, 6% the top rate. The corporate tax would shrink from 9.8 to 7. We eliminate the death tax, estate tax, as we know it, as well as the Social Security tax. Oh, my God, that'd be marvelous. That would really be helpful. You know, the center of the American experiment is having a tax rally at the Capitol on April 23rd. Uh be interesting if you could find a spot there to to weigh in. You would be well received, I think. 
Well, they, they do wonderful work there, um, great policy work. Some of the, uh, the recommendations that I have uh, for our administration, very similar, if, if not, if not um, some of the work they've actually done. Kendall, where does the campaign stand right now? Are you comfortable with it? Or are you happy with its progress? Uh, you know, I'm very happy with the progress, Joe. I tell you, um, there is a very, very good chance that we'll come out of this uh, with the endorsement. Um, and, and that's, what, you know, I, I said that going in. Yes, I'd buy by the endorsement because we're going to give it. Um, when, when we give our message across the state, it doesn't matter, Metro, um, greater Minnesota, you, people are encouraged. And I hear the same constant words, you give me hope. You give me hope. And they're encouraged by the message. They love the leadership component to it. And uh, when we give our message, we win 50 to 60 percent of the people in the audience, even if they're backing another candidate. Kendall, we've been talking about uh, on the world stage, the national stage, the local stage. It feels like uh, we are a group of people hungering for some real leadership. It just seems we're adrift right now. Uh, the whole idea of this beautiful American experiment seems to be constantly getting challenged. And we're, the, the, the people are really looking for a leader that would seize upon that and try to keep America the country it once was. Well, that, that's exactly why I'm, I'm stepping forward, Joe, is that over the course of my life, I felt so privileged, so honored uh, to, uh, to just be an American, serve our country, to, to start my life from nothing and to where I, where I ended up in life. You know what? And, and, I, and I get stories from people all across, the, across the, uh, the state, and they say the same thing. You know, your story is my story. Mm-hmm. Well, your story is my parents' story. It happens to people regardless of race and regardless of social standing. We can achieve these things, especially when the government gets out of the way. And that's what I want to do, get our state government out of the way and bring us together again as Minnesotans, as Americans, because when we're together, we can accomplish much, much more than when we, we're, we're divided the way we are today. Kendall, the um, St. Paul City Council just unanimously passed – uh, an ordinance creating a reparations commission. Apparently the studying will begin and then they'll determine how to go about this. Where do you stand on something like reparations? Well, and I, I tell people this, reparations have already been paid. Mm-hmm. They've been paid in the highest cost you can ever give, and that's blood, spilled blood. Right. The Civil War, the Civil Rights, you know, with the death of Martin Luther King, we have opportunity. That's our reparations, mm-hmm. opportunity. Uh, Joe, look, I, and, I, and I mean that in all sincerity, I, look, I would love to tell people that I'm exceptional. I'm not. Okay? We live in an exceptional country. From my perspective, I serve an exceptional God. I'm a Christian. And look, um, we all have op- the, same, uh, the same access and the same opportunity pathways. Now, we don't, we don't have the same outcomes. Mm-hmm. And this whole reparations thing, it, 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 is a, it is a political divider. It's a joke. And trust me, it will be shut down quickly uh, once I'm, I'm elected. And uh, it, it's, it's actually sad when I see the, the, the lack of leadership between the two Twin City mayors that we have. Mm-hmm. We need adult supervision, and that's what I'm coming to do. This whole idea of uh, equity, uh, give me your position on this. It, it's come to mean uh, far more than it was ever intended to mean. I think it's a code word for trying to make outcomes equal without doing the hard work to make them equal. 
Well, you know, I, I have stopped trying to use the same language as the people that want to reshape our country. Right. Equity meant what it always has meant. It means ownership. Right. It means when, when I used to get equity in the company, that means I had a stock, I had bonds, I had some type of equity ownership. Right. That's what it, that's what it means. They, they want to, to your point, they want to try to recraft that, that language and that word to, so we can all stop adopting it. And, I, you know, I, I've, stopped, I've stopped kind of playing that game with them. We all we all have we want people to have equal access to the same opportunity, and it starts with giving a good education. We have to make sure that people understand nothing gets done without a work ethic. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times, how many late nights I work, how many late nights I had to study, just to uh, you know for the opportunities I had. But man, that's a, that's what that's called the ticket to the game. But your ideas are so clear, so obvious, and so logical that they. They don't gel with the the mess we're in. Well, I, I'm I'm the firm believer, Joe. You got a lot of uh, fans all all over, not just the state, but in Florida and Arizona. I visit folks there. There's more of us than there are of them. Un- unfortunately, they've got the megaphone of the media. Yes, and, they do. You know, uh, and and they have academia. You know, President Eisenhower warned when he left the office of the industrial military complex. What, what I what I'm warning us is about we have an academic industrial complex. They have no, they don't have want to have anything to do with the capitalist system. It, uh, that complex literally hates the country and the values that built it. And we need to, we need to start taking over the the mantles of leadership in order to right the ship. Kendall, the academy has just failed. It's just uh, this an endless stream of stories about how it's failing mightily and. Uh... Uh, I, I, you know, as a governor, you wouldn't really have much to do with putting universities back together, but you'd have plenty to do with the Department of Education in Minnesota. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and uh, we're going to get back to the basics of education. Uh, you know, what, one of one of the things that the, um, the, the 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 teachers union president, the local teachers union president, right, as, and as well as the national teachers union president, they mentioned they're they're fighting against. Patriarchy and capitalism. I saw that, and and I wrote an op-ed on this thing. Yep, that's the problem we have. Is they have, they want to have a war in capitalism, and what they don't understand is this that the engine has driven this country for two hundred years, has lifted billions out of poverty, including myself. And if you have a war against capitalism, that means you're pro something else, and you know that, that's a whole that's a whole different conversation. Mm-hmm. Do you have any events coming up where people can arrive and watch you and talk to you and ask you questions? Oh, absolutely. We have uh, fundraisers um, that, that are planned. We have events that we have scheduled, road shows that are scheduled. Um, Michelle Tafoya and I are doing a um, an event together, a Zoom, a, a Zoom invite broadcast type thing. Yep. My wife and I are doing the same one. Both things you can be found on our website at kqformn.com. KQ and, for uh, men. KQ for Minnesota, exactly. Yeah, and uh, I tell you, th- things are going extremely well. I couldn't be more pleased. Our fundraising number, when we announced it, uh, it'd be a pleasant surprise for everyone. We'll let we'll let that one stand out there for a while. But it, yeah. it's, it's going to surprise for a lot of folks. Wonderful, Kendall. Yes, Kendall, really quick, uh, you mentioned getting the nomination. Uh, when do you expect uh, that that to be announced? When 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 does a when should we expect that announcement? Yeah, the, the uh, convention is scheduled uh, the weekend of um, May 13th, 
And uh, you know, it's a tough race, and we're wor- we're working on it. And we're working on it now. The, you know, I, I give myself a, you know the higher probability. We have good candidates that are in. I, I believe in what I'm wanna, what I want to be able to do for the Republican Party and our state is I believe that I can I can win with the widest margin. That's what we're going to need. We can't be close. And you know, we know the shenanigans that have played, been played in the past. We have to win in the wide, wide margin, and I believe I can help deliver that for us. Because I do know that we had uh, Tom Hauser on who emceed an event for all of the Republican candidates. And I know that he had said at that after that that whoever was given the nomination, the rest of the candidates would support that, that given individual. Do you still anticipate that? Uh, yes, I do. I do. And, 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 and trust me, I, I, I don't believe we'll have any contention, especially if I get the, the nomination. I, I, I don't think we'll get any, any contention at all. Good. And and we can and we can stay laser focused on um, you know booting out the current governor. All right, man, we're cheering for you. All right, well here's one message I have for you because a lot of your listeners come to they said whatever you do don't endorse me. Your track record's not good. <laughs> it's it's, it's <laughs> horrible. You're eh? fond of me. <laughs> In fact, in fact, let me take it back. I hope you lose. No, don't say there that. We go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kendall, thank you. Thanks, Jeff. Thank All you. Right, KQ4MN for men. Uh, That's good to hear, though, because I remember when Tom joined us and he said that whoever got the Republican nomination, the rest of the candidates would fall in line and support, including Kendall. Right. So He'll abide by the endorsement. That's that's really good to hear because again, the last thing you want is four or five people to run on the same ticket. Yeah. How in God's name could his message be uh, contested? And it will be. And just wait. That's what I'm going to oh, say. It's going to be horrible. It, it will be, and it, it'll be it'll be it'll be laughable. He's the American dream. Yeah, but the American dream the the Mysterians don't do not want an American dream to exist. No, they don't. They want you to feel oppressed. They don't want the American dream. They've uh, it's they've fallen out of favor with the whole concept of this wonderful constitutional Republican ex- republic experiment, and uh, that's a crying shame. Well, they're children and they don't know what they want. And and like Kendall said, they need an adult to watch oh, over them. You know what? We should have asked him. Darn it! Why didn't I think of this? What? We should have asked him if plants and trees should have what was it? Uh, constitutional. Thank rights. you. Constitutional legal rights. protection. Right. Yeah. I don't think he'd go for that. I don't think so either. Uh, only. Yes, sir. Because they come to us all the way from Apollo Beach, Florida. I forgot to look up where that is. But from the long. traveling Lymans. Uh, on this day. Today is uh, April 6th. In 1851, the first known baptism in the upper Mississippi River occurred in St. Paul. School teacher Harriet Bishop had written the Baptist Home Missionary Society requesting a preacher and a Reverend J.P. Parsons arrived in May of 1849. The first Baptist church was organized soon after holding meetings in the schoolhouse on Jackson Street. And on this day... April 6. I find this difficult. 1956, the ore boat C.L. Austin picked up the first load of taconite at Silver Bay. Wait a minute. Then in one says, How does that work, Kenny? 18, 1956. You're right, we were getting steel late. out of there long before then. You're Ballots. right. Maybe they left only by. No, that doesn't make sense. We've had ore boats. We've had ore boats on the. Since, I don't know, Joe. I'm checked out. Don't ask me any more questions. No further questions, please. On this day in 1982, 
And this day? Uh, April 6th. Oh, uh, oh, oh, pick me. I know what it? it is. What is it? Opening day of the Dome. That's the first game in the Metro <laughs> The day that Joe gets fired from the Star Tribune. Yes, we all remember that day. No, that wasn't until 1984. Oh, got it. Sorry. And I didn't get fired. I left. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. No, let's see. You know do, what? do you recall what the, happened on the first game? Where's the party? The Twins lost to the Mariners 11-7. to Wait, I thought, didn't they not have air conditioning for that game? Or was that an exhibition game? What are you talking about? The very first, it was in once a bu- once once there was a ballpark. The very it? first, no, no, once there was a ballpark, it's about Metropolitan Stadium. No, I vaguely remember it being oh, about. Oh, you're nuts. It was nope. on this day. April 6th. In 02, 2002, the Gophers uh, won the National Collegiate, uh, won the NCAA National Hockey Championship. Uh, the they beat Maine four to three in overtime. Uh, their previous title was or was their first title since 1979. They play your Mankato State Mavericks, and I will have a thorough breakdown on tomorrow's Garage Logic podcast. Why of the matchup? It's a big game, Joe. yeah. But they don't play till Friday. No, they play Thursday night. Oh, Thursday night. I'm seven sorry. o'clock. I'm sorry. On ESPNU. By the way, the Lyman's know how to travel. <laughs> You're looking up this place? Apollo Beach, Joe, is just across Tampa Bay from St. Petersburg. Really? I wonder if that's the area where Gronk threw the trophy to Brady, or when Brady threw it to Gronk. I don't know. I wonder if it was in that same area. Thank are you, we, GLers. Are we done here? Yes. Kenny's Goodbye, free. Kenny. It's Kenny's nap time. <laughs> Cutting into Kenny's nap time. GLers, do us a favor and subscribe to the Garage Logic YouTube channel if you would be so kind. You can also see us on all of our various social media channels Twitter, Facebook, and Insta. And we also have that wonderful device known as PodMN for your smart device, where you can get the chance to win daily prizes just by listening to Garage Logic. Ciao.